Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. John Ledyard and Trevor Sikama with you guys here on a Tuesday morning. Getting you a little recording on four new teams and how we break down their draft and how we assess where they're at heading into the 2017 offseason. And rookie mini camps are now underway, Trevor. And are you start? I mean, pretty soon team team mini camps will be here. And and before you know it, training camp will be here. And so, yeah, this weekend I was up at One Buck Place covering the Bucks rookie mini camp, and we're already seeing guys get get cut. Some of these right. undrafted agent guys, obviously not the guys that we're talking about. They're going to give them a little bit more of a chance than a uh, two day weekend in running around in a helmet and shorts. But yeah, man, it's moving fast. I didn't realize that. You know, people say the offseason is so dead, but I'm looking at the schedule. It's almost like every yeah. other week I got something going on with the team. So. Right. It is definitely not. Not when you're covering a team, no question. Steelers rookie minicamp is this weekend, I believe. So a um, lot going on for sure. Let's talk about the Falcons, the defending Super Bowl losers. And they should have been the champs, but God, they let the, say it like I came that. right at their necks, man, because you don't Jeez. let that lead dissipate without taking a little flack. But I thought they went out and they did good things that they needed to do in this draft. And, you know, uh, they needed another pass rusher. They prioritized that and, and got one in Techars McKinley. Again, he would not have been the player that I probably would have taken at that spot. But at the same time, definitely understand where they're coming from and what they see in McKinley is a guy who plays hard every single snap, um, plays with his hair on fire, very aggressive mentality, um, and an explosive kid that you can teach speed counter games to. And I think he can be successful with that, despite the fact that he's a little stiff-hipped and may never win the corner at the level that you want him to uh, for a first-round guy. I get where they're coming from with Tack. This was higher than I would have taken him, but at the same time, I think that he can turn into a really solid player there. He's the kind of guy that I don't know if you regret taking because of the way that he plays the game. I think he's going to make an impact no matter what. That's a good way to put that, and um, obviously we saw the passion that this guy has, not not just Mm -hmm. for football, but like different things in life, just the kind of passionate human being he is on draft night when he went up there and he brought the picture of his grandmother and then... uh, had the whole find me later thing, which was, which I thought was awesome. And just to, I mean, just to, you know, share a little story about him from the combine when we were there, he was at the podium and before the combine, he had gone, he, his Twitter profile was super unknown, had like less than 2000 followers. And this guy's at the combine. I was like, all right, it's kind of weird, but he had his entire cover photo was top ramen, like ramen noodles. Mm -hmm. And then his profile picture was him holding top ramen like ramen noodles and so i ended up asking him the question i was like yo dude what is up with you and first i asked him hey what's your favorite flavor of top ramen and then i said why do you have that as your profile picture everywhere and he immediately lit up and he's like oh man i love it all dude and then he just like lists off all of these top ramen <laughs> things and um basically lifts off every single top ramen flavor there is but then got into the good part at the end back at the end of the episode or the question and 
said that him and his grandmother, that he grew up with just his grandmother and they barely had enough money and he ate Top Ramen all the time because that's all they had. And it was a way for him to remind himself of where he came from, to always push himself to be better and, and achieve the goals that he wanted to achieve to remember where he came from. So that was awesome, man. And so mm-hmm. like when they when they took Tack and I got to see the passion he had up on the stage, um, it just it fell so much in line with the one interaction that I've had with him in my life. And you're right. I, I, you know, to play defensive end, you got to be passionate because you're just taking a beating a- anywhere in the trench, really. You're just taking a beating the whole time. And so I think tack is actually a really good stylistic compliment to what Vic Beasley is on the other side. So I, I, I like to pick, I think a lot more than you do, um, even with uh, just his talent uh, into consideration there. Cause I, I just like what it is for the Falcons and the fit, especially with Dan Quinn. Yeah, I mean, obviously, competitive toughness is you know valued there a lot. I think, and you could see that. You've heard the coaches talk about it, and he brings that. So yeah, I mean, I get this pick for sure. I love the Duke Riley pick in the third round. Um, I thought he was in that late second to early third round range as a player. So I was glad to see the NFL kind of prioritize him in that range, even though he only has one year as a starter and he's a little smaller for a linebacker. Man, he just played really instinctive. He was so much better than Kendall Beckwith this past season, I thought, when Beckwith was on the field. And um, just really impressed with what I saw from Riley on tape. Gives you coverage ability. Um, And I thought even throughout the draft and the third day, I mean, this was not a team with a lot of needs. But, you know, this in the fourth round, Sean Harlow is probably about the best you're going to do at guard. And he's a developmental guy, I think. Um, You know, there was a couple guys maybe I would have preferred to him, but – I think it's Cal Krabs uh, that that really likes uh, Sean Harlow, so he'd be, we'd applaud this pick. I watched a little bit of Harlow, thought he could be maybe a functional starter in the NFL with a little bit of work, but that was the one concern I think maybe if if you're Atlanta, you know, you found another corner in KZ with ball skills. You know, Brian Hill's really a third running back at this point. Eric Salbert probably a third tight end at this point. Guys, they got in the fifth round, all three of them, you know. But the really the big priorities were get another pass rusher and get an interior offensive lineman probably a guard um to help shore things up inside and maybe they didn't prioritize that enough um if there's a concern it's probably that but i think that they got two good players in mckinley and buke riley who are going to help this defense situationally right away and eventually they're going to be full-time starters for this unit too so you look at the positive side of it, and if there's one thing you're going to subtract from from their greater valuation, it's the fact that I don't know that the guard spots are – they're clearly the weakest link on this team, right? I mean, if you look at the Falcons' depth chart, there aren't many holes, but the guard spots look pretty glaring at this point with Andy Levitri, who did have a solid year last year, but I don't think he's a guy you want to lean on, and, and Hugh Thornton right now at the one guard spot um, as well has been kind of a journeyman. Uh, most recently, I think, played in Indianapolis. So those look like the weak spots to me. And for a unit that definitely relies on balance between run and pass, it could end up being a problem down the road. Yeah, but offensive line is a lot about chemistry, too. You know, you could you could look at a lineup on paper and be like, ah, oh, man, these guys, uh, I don't know if they're going to be good. But, you know, Atlanta had a top 10 offensive line last season. So mm-hmm. um, just I, I, I love that they're I love their draft top to bottom uh, just for who the Falcons are, like you said. Just hitting real quick. I like the Duke Riley pick, and I really like the Devonta Casey pick because I think that those are two Dan Quinn type of players, um, and I think that they're aggressive dude, instinctual dudes, and that's only going to thrive uh, in Atlanta from a group that is already, you know, we're seeing play with a ton of confidence. So I really liked adding that on the defense. So yeah, I, I thought it was a great draft, top to bottom. 
Yeah, no, I and I agree because I think Atlanta, it, there's no reason why they can't repeat. I mean, look, they added Dontari Poe. Right, this this right. unit, this defense is another year to gel together. A lot of young talent last year, several rookie starters, and I think everybody made big strides. And if, if that development continues, which you would expect it to, um, I just think this unit is ready for even the next step. And one of the interesting things about the KZ pick, and the last thing we'll touch on with Atlanta before we move on to, to the next team, but – the KZ pick was really interesting to me because this team really had no real need at corner. I mean, Al- Alfred and, and Trafon are both locked up for a while. Brian Poole was great as the nickel corner last year. Um, CJ, Gator great. What's that? Gator great. Oh, Gator great. Brian yeah, Poole. actually, I liked Brian Poole last year, and I thought he was he was a, like one of the day three guys I'd target. So mm-hmm. you'd have been proud of me for that one. Um, I would have. I would have. <laughs> CJ Goodwin is a guy that they've really they've converted from wide receiver to corner. That's played really well for them, and I think they'd love to hang on to him. And KZ, they draft in the fifth round. You think there's enough interest there? I mean, he's going to have to fight for his spot still, but you know, it's a good sign for him. And you wonder if a guy like Jalen Collins, who's been kind of disappointing, is on the bubble a little bit. Um, that could be one of the things to watch. Now, I don't know. You know, maybe they'll keep six corners. I'd have to look and see what they've done in the past. But um, yeah, you wonder if he's on the bubble a little bit. He's probably might be battling with KZ and, and Goodwin uh, for a spot there uh, for that fourth corner spot or fifth corner spot. So th- that's one of the interesting battles to watch. That I think um, the Falcons have not missed on many picks. I don't think since uh, nope. Quinn came came aboard, but. The Jalen Collins one looks like it could be one, and the, and what I like about that is maybe they're not afraid to to move on from something like that um, if he, if he's not playing up to par. So let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens. This is a team that we everybody thought they got to go out and get more weapons. Their their weaponry right now is is pretty shoddy. I mean, he, yes, Joe Flacco hasn't played well, but also Brashad Perryman hasn't really stayed healthy or made the impact they hoped he would as a first rounder. Um, Mike Wallace is just kind of a vertical guy. So yes, he'll have his games here and there, but an all around threat, they don't really have that a receiver. You know, Michael Campanaro has done very little and he's their number three receiver right now. Um, you know, you got Chris Moore, who was a fourth round pick last year in the mix, Kenny Bale, Vince Mayo, guys that we remember from past drafts is getting some hype, but Oh, that's where Kenny Bell is? Yeah, Kenny Bell that. landed with yeah, he landed here. Chris Matthews the, is here. Remember the, him from the one good game in Seattle and the the hype on like the fan hype for Kenny Bell when he was in Tampa's training camp last year was like he was such a fan favorite and they mm. wanted him the team wanted him to make the team too, but he just couldn't hang on to the ball. And it was they, and when they cut him, everybody was like, "Oh, everybody was so wasn't pissed." He, but, wasn't he hurt a lot too? Um, he got hurt like his rookie year, didn't he? I thought he did, like a season-ending injury. I just know that last year because I got to cover him close. Right. I think you're right. I think you are right. Because I was, I actually liked him too. I was, I think I had a fourth round grade on him. I thought he could be like Heinz Ward light, but I was, I was bummed when he got hurt. I, I liked his style, yeah. So I understand, I guess, why he was a fan favorite. But but Baltimore does great have, afro though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Right you were probably mostly impressed with his hair game. Well, that was this is this is like pre like me having good hair game, so I probably didn't <laughs> appreciate it as much, but it was still there. Maybe he inspired you. That's that could be correct. Baltimore just doesn't have that. I mean, like this team has a million tight ends, and none of them are really that good. I mean, they have Ben Watson, Dennis Pitt is still around. Crockett Gilmore was hurt last year. Max Williams hasn't developed as a second round. Remember Darren Waller lit up the combine. Nick yeah, Boyle's yeah. a blocking guy that got suspended for a couple games last year and um so yeah i mean this a ton of names a ton of talent but no one's really developed or stood out so 
And they didn't address it at all, man. I mean, like, we could talk about the the good things they did in the draft, which we will, because I actually like their draft. But not one skill player was added to this team in the draft. I mean, I don't think if you could have, like, you could not have convinced me that going into the draft, Baltimore would add (laughs) zero offensive skill players. They added two guards in the fourth and fifth round, Nico Saragusa and Jermaine Illuminor. I was talking about Sean Harlow earlier. These are the two guys I would have probably targeted in this range. I actually had Illuminor. Um, as a late third round guy I think he can really develop into a stud so I like what they did but what they didn't do could be glaring when the season actually starts because the holes are so obvious I mean Brashad Perryman is easily the number one wide receiver on this team he and Mike Wallace will both be the starters and I don't think either of those guys are up to the task at all um, of, of representing that kind of a role in an offense so this unit has a ton of holes still and Kenneth Dixon suspended the first, was it the first four games, I think? Yeah, the first four games. So, you know, even a running back, is, is it Terrence West? Danny Woodhead's in the mix here. Javorius Allen. There's just, it's wide receiver, tight end, and running back by committee. And even the committees aren't really that impressive on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and if they wanted to, like if they if they love tight ends that much that they have so many of these guys on the roster, they could have had any of the big three tight ends, including OJ Howard. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. And right. then, you know, you go to the even their second round pick that could have had Juju Smith Schuster or even going farther down, Chris Godwin, all these guys, and they had their chances to pass, to take some of these wide receivers and they just never did. So I, I, I just I don't mean, know if their offense is any better at all. And it was not no. that good last year, you know? No. Just, and 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 but the at the same time, you like what they did in the draft, but right, I like the players. Right, like I think getting Tim Williams in the third is awesome. Right, but... Tim. I mean, Tyus Bowser. This is a great landing spot for him. I didn't wasn't as high on him as others, but Chris, Chris Wormley. Awesome. I mean, Chris yep. Wormley. In the remember how we did our mock draft before, and we were like, yeah. oh my gosh, Chris Wormley fell to the third round. We're crazy, and then he actually did fall to the yeah. third round. Yeah, he was the seventy fourth pick, and. Yeah, I mean, Marlon Humphrey is the perfect type of corner for their system. Yes, he needs a little bit of work, but the payoff could be huge. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to argue with the players they did. And you heard John Harbaugh, if you'd listen to him, get interviewed um, on NFL Network. He said, we were really high on the defensive talent in this draft and not that high on the offensive talent in this draft. So we didn't reach for players um, at positions of need on offense. when we had, I mean, They had holes on defense, too. I mean, corner and pass rusher, these were legit concerns for them. And so he said, we just decided we were going to fill the holes on defense as long as the players we wanted there were there and they were consistently there and they just stayed true to their board. And I definitely respect that. And like I said, I think Tim Williams, Tyus Bowser, those guys are the future uh, for this team as pass rushers. I'm all about that. You know, obviously Williams is going to need a strong environment like this, I think, um, to stay out of trouble. And I think that he has that. Baltimore, you know, I think is mostly a very strong organization. Um, And he's going to have a lot of guys that take him under the wing. So I mean, I like what they did, but it's just that I don't, you know, you look at this offense and the offensive line's worse. I mean, they lost Wagner and James Hurst has been terrible when he's had to start for them. And now he's the starting right tackle. And I don't even see anybody that's going to really push him. Um, Jermaine and they, they have like a they have like a running back committee of like five guys. Yeah, and, and you know it's not even like a two deep or a three deep running back committee. It's like five. And I don't think any of them are better than like a running back three in most places. Um, you right. know, Danny Wooded as a receiver maybe, and when Ken Dixon gets back, I liked him. Um, but you know, for those first four games, I don't know, man. They're Baltimore is a very weird team right now because I think their defense, they were one of the best in the league last year. They could be even better this year. Tony Jefferson's in the fold here. Um, I just think that 
they have a lot of pieces on that side of the ball and like none on the offensive side of the ball. Like if I think they might be worse on the offensive side of the ball this year, I'm, I'm pretty confident they are. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. They, they're going to be a weird team to try and figure out because they were right in the playoff race last year. Um, and they didn't have a lot going for them on offense, but you can't help but look at that unit and think things may have gotten even worse there. Um, and I don't know what Flacco's going to do, man, because he's been struggling as it is. So just going to huck it and chuck it. That's <laughs> all you got to do. Throw it up to Mike Wallace and Brashad Perryman. You got show. those linear wide receivers. That's it. How many games has Brashad Perryman played? Oh my gosh, man! It hasn't been like, many. Like yeah. And did you? What, I, what did you think about that pick when it happened? Because when, when, when did they pick him? What round? They picked him in the first round, like. Oh my God! They did say, yeah, like the twenty sixth overall pick or something like that. Um, See, I thought it was a stretch yeah, the twenty sixth overall pick. That's what he was. I thought it was a stretch. Then let me. Yeah. I, I'm gonna look up who else, who they could have passed on. Um, okay, yeah, look that up. He played in. It says he played on NFL.com. It says he played in sixteen games last year. I thought he was banged up for some of them. Oh, I thought he was too. Yeah, huh. but the first year he didn't play any. So um, yeah, that's he also played. He was the, the good side. He, is he played Bortles sixteen games. Guy, right? <laughs> that's right. He was, uh, was he? Yeah, cause you, yeah. So he must have been. Yeah, Bortles go-to guy. Right. Yeah, but he well, looking at him now. Four, four picks after him was uh, was Philip Dorsett. So not really anything <laughs> to write home about there. Then it was Devin Smith. I'm just naming the next wide receivers that came. Holy crap! This draft. Yeah. Uh, Philip Dorsett. Then a couple picks later was Devin Smith from Ohio State. Then it was Doriel Green Beckham. Then it was Devin Funches. All right, maybe maybe they picked maybe they did pick <laughs> so the right guy. Just bad, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Dorsett's probably the best of that crew. That's how sad that is. Yeah. Yikes. Oh, uh, Baltimore. Yikes. I they value defense and you have to give them credit for sticking to their board. Uh, you do. I guess um, so. Because I do kind of agree with them. I did not think it was a great offensive draft, but I didn't think it was as bad as they did to just ignore the whole side of the ball completely. Um, so Buffalo bills, I liked what they did in the draft. Uh, they, they traded down to 27. They got extra picks. Um, I think that was a clutch move in terms of being able to fortify your roster long-term. And I think that's probably what the goal is here to continue to build this beast up. Obviously they could have stayed where they were and taken a good player. That's pretty much always the case when a team trades down in the first round, but I still think they got a really a ready-to-go starter in Tredavious White in the first round who can play outside and inside. A lot of value in that. Um, technically sound guy, and he has he does flash the ball skills, can play in a variety of coverages. Um, not the typical corner you see in Sean McDermott's defense, so makes me think maybe he's going to play inside a good bit. But they needed a corner, uh, and they got um, what I think was – the I think he was my number four corner, and with Gary on Conley's concerns – you know, you could have even argued for him to be higher. So, and I know like some people like Fran Duffy over with the Eagles, Tredavious White was like one of his top guy, you know, he loved him as a corner. Um, so, and that's a guy I trust a lot. So I think the bills made a great move here to get Trey White. Um, I think that Zay Jones is a great complimentary receiver, kind of that possession role um, that, that Sammy Watkins doesn't play as well. Um, and I think so he can be, I thought 37 was a little high for him, but he can fill a role, and that makes sense to me. Deion Dawkins, a guy that can compete at right tackle and kick inside to guard potentially as well. So I liked what they did. I mean, I, I think it was hard to argue with the Bills' first three picks in the draft because I thought they addressed positions of need, uh, probably their biggest three needs. Um, and I thought that they got good quality players that were pretty high on my board where they selected. And they added, I think it was a first-round pick and maybe something else for next year as well when that trade with the Chiefs. Um, I like the Zay Jones pick. Uh, 
but I don't know if I loved the other ones like you did. Mm-hmm. I don't love Trey White. I don't. I don't. I didn't think he was a first round prospect. I think he's super clean mm-hmm. um, in, in in his movements, but he, I just don't. I don't know if he has the speed. I think he might get just get cooked in the NFL sometimes. He just maybe if he's have, in the like, slot, it's not as big a deal though. Yeah, no. that could that could be because I think he's quick, but right. they're just there are sometimes when. He went up against wide receivers in the SEC who were just clearly faster than him, who he was able to body a little bit and reroute and just with good like good cornerback play, you could see it. He could make up for his speed. In the NFL, though, these dudes are even faster than that, and they're way stronger. So I don't know. I don't think he's going to be able to do that and kind of boss these guys around nearly as much. And so I think that he might get cooked on a couple of occasions. So that's why he worries me as a first round pick is you're picking him probably to play outside a little bit. And so I just wonder how well he matches up against ones. Um, so that's kind of shaky for me, but I do like the Zay Jones pick. I like Zay Jones a lot. I think he's a pretty consistent guy. He was, I thought he was great at the senior bowl as well when we were there. And then Dawkins, I guess is, yeah, it's okay. I mean, they needed something there. So, so I don't mind the Dawkins pick in the second round. That's fine. I actually didn't have a first round grade on Trey White either, just to kind of preface that. Okay. Uh, I had him in the early to mid second round portions, but that was kind of the fall to my next cornerback. And I thought it was a huge, huge need for them because they have like well, yeah, it Darby is. Yeah. right now. And uh, who's that kid, the little guy they drafted um, last year? Uh, well, I guess Darby could. Darby could be their speed guy if they sure. want it. Like right. if they needed a speed be. lockdown dude. Right. So, eh, okay, that makes it a little bit better because it's not they're not forcing Trey to basically mm-hmm. guard whoever they have to every week. They can kind of uh, make a strategy right. around it. But I thought once they traded down, a, that makes and the top three corners were off the board, and Sidney Jones with his injury, mm-hmm. then it kind of you know to me I was like, all right, uh, Trey White's the next best corner on my board. That's a big need, <laughs> you know. So it was. It's kind of like I liked what they did. It matched up with my board considering like who was there. But, yeah, mm-hmm. Trey White was a little bit of a reach, but I like him as a player. Zay Jones was a little bit of a reach, but I like him as a player. Deion Dawkins was a little bit of a reach. But in this offensive line class, uh, and he fits their system really well, I think he's a talented guy that can continue to get better. Um, I think he was about the best that they could hope for, for considering what they needed uh, and where they drafted. Now, you could argue they should have stayed where they were the first round. And where were they? T- uh, Ten. And taking Marshawn Lattimore, um, and and instead of over the in front of the Saints, and the Saints Saints took him at eleven, um, but you know when they got a first round pick next year, <laughs> that's right? what I mean. So, it's it's hard yeah. to say until we know what that first round pick is next year, and you know, it, I think it's hard to say whether they did the right thing or not. You know, there's the incomplete part of this evaluation, sure. I think. But sure, for I the day you. three guys, I like Matt Milano's a tough. He's a tough dude, man. I mean, he's the kind of guy that's going to make that team be a beast on special teams, eventually give them some coverage ability, um, and could eventually become a full-time starter. I know he's a little bit lighter for a linebacker, but wow. he plays big All and right. strong. He He's a tough kid. I liked his tape. This was where I would have valued him in the draft, and uh, I was glad they picked him up. Um, and Peterman, he fits the system. I don't think he's a great quarterback by any means, but he fits the system, and he's capable if they need him to step into a starting role if Tyrod gets hurt or struggles or anything like that. And he does make me wonder, do you think that Cardell Jones could be on the move and potentially shipped out of Buffalo because new coaching staff and regime there, and they aren't mm. as invested in him. He does not. Mm. I mean, he, Peterman and Tyrod Taylor are completely different quarterbacks than Cardell Jones. He fits yeah. a vertical downfield passing attack way more than he does you know, something like what Buffalo runs, which is going to have a lot of rollouts and half field reads and stuff like that. Yeah, that's not who, he, you know, he's a drop back passer that can, that can wing it down the field. Um, 
So I don't know, man. I think he could be – if I were Arizona and they're calling around about, you know, talking to Blaine Gabbard and stuff like that, I'd I'd be a call yeah, Buffalo man. and asking about Cardale Jones. I like Cardale. He's fun. I wish he oh, would have yeah. stayed in school. Um, <laughs> and, I like, don't get me wrong. I totally get, like, why he left. Like, you go get money, like, while you're healthy, while you got some hype. But um, but if that the case, he should have gone out, like, so- right after the national championship run, right? I mean – yeah. Because he ended up like, what, yeah. like fifth round pick or something. Well, because, yeah, but it's because Urban just went back and forth because Urban Meyer loves JT Barrett so oh much. Gosh, like, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure he's looked into legally adopting him somehow. <laughs> and not like, and not like, like voluntarily, like trying to go to court and saying that Barrett's parents were bad and that like, so he could steal JT <laughs> Barrett by, as a member of the family. Because like, he loves JT Barrett this much. And I thought that JT Barrett... His freshman year, I was like, all right, we might have something here with this JT Barrett kid. And now it's like, all right, he's bad. Like, he yeah. just straight up <laughs> misses throws. He's inconsistent. But, I mean, he's like the great – he's like every coach's dream apparently off the field and like in the playbook and in the meeting room and everything. So, Cardell was never – like Cardell never was, that guy. <laughs> he was never, never going to fully beat out JT Barrett because of that reason. And so, I, I get why he left there sure. because of that. But – he was a fun college player. I wish oh, he could have yeah. another year at Ohio State. Did you see? He, I think he graduated the other day. I saw a picture anyway. I, I did see that. I did see that. <laughs> and he and like he that had- on his hat. I, I, <laughs> I once said I ain't come here to play school. <laughs> uh, what a what a brilliant quote. He's funny, man. Uh, and they got two linebackers in the same mold though. Late uh, in Matt Milano and Tanner Vallejo. Um, Tanner Vallejo played like hurt the whole last two years. Like. I, I think one scout told Lance Earline just throw out the you have to go back to like two years ago to find like it where you really can assess him because he's yeah. just playing through pain the last two years and I think now I think he's supposed to be fully healthy but both those guys are going to be killers on special teams and they're going to factor their way into the group eventually I think if they're if they're able to make this team I mean they're they're not super deep at linebacker the Bills you know they have uh, yeah. I think Lorenzo Alexander might be moving off the ball for to like his 18th position in the NFL and then. Reggie Ragland and Preston <laughs> Brown. Uh, but after that, you know, there's a lot of spots open, I think. So uh, I like both those picks. I like the Bills draft, but I didn't, you know, when you trade down like that and you move yourself out of the real high caliber, you know, gold picks, you know, you're going to end up probably reaching a little bit for the next best guy. And they did that. So I think they got players that can help them, but I don't think this draft like put them over the top or anything. Like they're not like, oh, wow, this team's going to compete with New England, you know, when they're probably still consistent you know pretty solidly a tier behind miami i would even say well they're hoping you know after next year because they got that first round pick that right. they're in that conversation that you talk about right all right what's the last team all right we got denver baby and no one is talking about the broncos draft at all i mean like it's so weird isn't DeMarcus it like Walker in the second round that's why no one wants to mention that but it is kind of funny like this i mean like the broncos won the super bowl two years ago and and they're like an afterthought, I feel like, right now. Uh, it's kind of unusual to see him in this role. And, man, unless they get the quarterback thing figured out, um, they, they there's a decent argument that this team finishes fourth in the AFC West, and, and I can buy it. Having said that, everyone in the world knew they were going to pick an offensive tackle in the first round, and I thought they got a really good one with Garrett Bowles. Um, yes, he still needs a little bit of development, but they needed to tackle – they're going to, I think, run a more of a mix of zone and power. I think he fits that pretty well. Um, and I I just really, I'm a huge fan of the way Bulls plays the game. And yes, Cam Robinson was my OT1. 
but there were other issues there the teams had to vet as well and I think that Bowles is a little bit more diverse scheme wise and he was like right behind Robinson for me and so I can't rip this pick too much I really liked it and I thought it was huge need huge 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 need for Denver I mean they had they were ready to go into the season with Donald Stevenson Tyson Braylo remember that Chiefs game where both those guys got destroyed yes. by Justin Houston yes. and yes. Metalik Watson uh the the Raiders um flame out who I just didn't think any of those guys should be starting in the NFL and they were about to be the starting crew so Bills was a big need and he filled it and I think I liked I liked the pick a lot by Denver there and from that point on it was a roller coaster ride man I don't know what were your thoughts on the, on the Broncos draft yeah it's uh then the, then the Demarcus Walker pick right in the second round. Oh yeah, I, horrible. The, <laughs> One of the worst you know, picks in the draft. And like Demarcus is just such a tweener. Like I, I I actually really like the spot for Demarcus playing on that Broncos defense, but you know he is nothing like the edge rushers that they have with the speed and right. the bend that they do. So now you're I, I well I mean I guess it's good because now they're guaranteeing him to play a three four defensive end sure. right. Right. So I guess that's better because they're not going to ask him to bend the edge or anything. They're just going to allow him to be strong in the middle, which is kind of what we're hoping for, but but not exactly. such a bad run defender. I mean, he got pushed around constantly. But I mean, that's on him, though, right? I mean, like, he has the body type and he has that thick lower frame to be able to hold his ground. Like, at this point, like, at that point, run defense is just on him, you know? I mean, you think he has to develop. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm, I, I just look at it from his body type, and I see a guy who could be an anchor in some occasions. He just, like, doesn't get the most out of his strength sometimes. Like, sometimes I watch him, and he just either, like, throws dudes off or just, like, pushes people back seven, eight yards. And it's like, you need to take that strength and put it into somehow anchoring yourself on run defense because he doesn't. He gets pushed around. I think he gets pushed around way too much for a guy who has the frame that he does because I love his frame for that role exactly and so i guess if you see that as something that's teachable it makes sense still though second round way too rich for me there i think that that kind of a transition and that much that you have to teach somebody you're looking at whew, like fourth round you know so thought I that was a uh, sixth <laughs> yeah i mean four i mean fourth fifth round is probably where i would have taken demarcus walker yeah, but well, uh, that's where i expected I, him to come off the board like but this was I, – I thought the NFL, you know, he's gritty and he's tough and he's going to show up in the interview room and he, you know, he overwhelmed bad guards as an interior rusher on long and late downs and that's what he's going to have to hope for in the NFL. I, I don't know how he factors into a full-time role as a, as a full-time starter in the NFL. I mean – But again, Denver throws so many things at you on the defensive line or they would like to ideally. So as long as DeMarcus Walker is like a rotation, get him in kind of a guy, I don't hate it, but – going back are you picking those kind of guys in the second round right that's his like ceiling to me is like one of those type of guys and he's not twitched up he's not really that explosive and he's i mean his three cone was seven nine one at his pro day i mean that's i wrote about it but that's like historically bad i think like in combine in recorded combine history which i think has only been going since like 99 or 2000 but in Uh that time only five guys i think it was that weighed what it, what he weighed or less ran that bad of a time um Yikes. you know so uh, only five Yikes. defensive Yikes. players and that you know so it's just you're talking about 
historically bad. And only one of those five you know, defensive players was drafted. Um, I think he was a fifth round pick and he, he didn't make the team, I think, or had won like one year. So, I mean, that's just one element of it. But obviously, when you marry it to all the other struggles that Walker has, this is a pretty strong candidate for the worst pick in the draft to me. Um, and last year, remember, they picked Adam Gotsis like three rounds higher than anybody thought they would take him. The Georgia Tech kid who was hurt. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I don't think he even got to work out. I have to check, double check that, but they took him way too high and he really struggled when he was on the field, um, it, last year and, and actually didn't even end up being able to take over a starting rule. So Denver's biggest weaknesses were the offensive line and the defensive line. The bulls picked helped the Leary addition helped. They're better on the offensive line than they were, but defensive line. I mean, I don't think this team is any better at stopping the run, and that was their biggest weakness last year, stopping the run. I don't think they're any better at all at stopping the run than they were a year ago. I know they added DeMato Pecco. I don't think he should be a starter in the NFL, and I've watched him pretty consistently over the past few years. I just don't think this team got better. I thought Tomlinson um, should have been a huge, should have been a priority, and he was still on the board, and they take Walker. Um, I don't know, man. I I don't not, do not think they got better in that capacity whatsoever, and I think it's going to affect them big time this season. Having said that, I loved the Carlos Henderson pick in the third round. He was a guy that I had in my 30s, I believe, on my board. I actually had him a right. ahead of John Ross. Uh, I think he's a more dynamic wow. player. Yeah, yeah. big fan. I mean, he doesn't bring that one element like Ross does, so it would really depend on what your team needs. But for this role, I think he's great. I mean, he's going to be wide receiver three right away. He's going to play from the slot and they're going to move, but they still can move him around. You can play him outside, move Sanders into the slot, move Thomas into the slot. So he gives you that. I mean, they built the Broncos have needed a wide receiver three for a long time. It hasn't been Cody Latimer, Benny Fowler has been off and on, you know, and they got, I think one of the more talented ones in this class and Carlos Henderson. And so I'm a huge Carlos Henderson fan. I absolutely love that pick. I didn't like the Brendan Langley pick at all, but at 101, the corner class is starting to thin down. I have very little exposure to Brendan Langley, but he was so bad at the Senior Bowl during the week of practices, I thought, but especially in the game, that I have a hard time justifying taking him this high. But mm-hmm. again, maybe at Lamar, he lit it up on tape. Um, Jake Butt in the four, fifth round, Isaiah McKenzie in the fifth round, love both yeah, those picks, then, phenomenal. Th- but then they pick they pick two five seven guys. Isaiah McKenzie and D'Angelo Henderson. Like, <laughs> I don't know. The Broncos are just so – John Elway is just so unique. Like, yeah. hey, like, hey, man, your team needs to get better on run defense. All right, two five seven offensive guys yeah. right here at the end of the draft. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> – and after they'd already drafted uh, a, a slot, other slot receiver, and, and you know, Latimer and, Latimer and Fowler both not going to make the team. You know, I like McKenzie a lot. Love the pick for for who he is. I think I was mm-hmm. surprised to see an NFL team take him in the fifth round, but he's terrific on tape. I mean, he really is an explosive kid, and he tested mm-hmm. like that too. And I loved his tape. But at five seven one seventy three, I just thought he'd be off a lot of teams' boards and you know, get him in the sixth, seventh round, maybe, or you take a flyer on him, you know, undrafted free agency, something like that. But fifth round. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, so again, like some of the picks, but the ignorance of some of the biggest weaknesses on this team is like the run defense, man. I mean, like that's hard to get on board with, you know, I mean, Brandon Marshall's a good player on their second level, but Todd Davis can be upgraded. You know, they, they don't really have another guy next and they didn't address that position at all, I didn't think. Um, you know, the secondary is obviously good and talented, so they 
could have completely, you know, you can completely ignore that area of your defense in this draft and be fine. And yet Langley is still getting a third round pick. You know, you have Roby, you have Chris Harris, you have Aqib Tlaib. They've loved Lorenzo Doss and Tareen Nixon from everything we've ever heard. Kind of like they love Will Parks and Justin Simmons as their backup safety. So this team has depth. They have, And when Simmons and Parks had to play last year, I thought they were great. Um, but man, I mean, they just continue to like a third round pick on, on a, on a corner when Jaleel Johnson's on the board, you know, that doesn't make any sense to me, you know, so total roller coaster for me because I thought Buck, but was a huge need and they took him with the first pick in the fifth round, which was just a total steal to me because I think if he recovers, he's a, he's one of the, he's a very solid starter in the NFL. Um, and that offense needed that at the tight end position. So I love that pick. I love the Henderson pick. I love the bulls pick. I hate the Walker pick. I hate the Langley pick. And I'd hate the fact that they didn't address defensive line at all. So very you didn't much. Even in, talk about, you didn't even talk about the best pick of the draft, Chad man. Kelly. Swag, dude. Hey, 253, getting, I'm not going to complain. Right. I uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Chad Kelly made the team. Just oh, yeah. because Elway's nuts. You know, just like I can see Denver – well, they don't have a third quarterback either. I I know. I and I, they're going to bring other guys in. You know, I think they're going to bring a couple yeah. vets in to camp. They'll probably bring. Eh, uh, what? Jake Cutler's gone. Remember, he's not. Well, an you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so they're gonna I was, was going to say gonna, him, but they're still going to lure Tony Romo out of retirement. Oh um, my goodness! <laughs> but he, they did get Jamal Charles though. They added him to the mix. So I'm I'm really curious to see what he. Not a great sign for Devonte Booker and what they how they feel about him. Yeah. Um, especially with the you know D'Angelo Anderson, the sixth rounder, but his days are got to have got to be numbered. I think <sighs> he was which... imp- he was not impressive last year, despite did everyone you, telling us like he was better him? than C.J. Anderson. Did you like him coming out, Devontae Booker? Yeah, I mean he's a solid player. Because um, I I did too. Like I thought he was going to be yeah. a lot better than he was or that he's been. Right. The offensive um, line wasn't great last year. I definitely think he's a solid two or three back in the NFL, but I don't think he's like I I'm a huge C.J. Anderson fan, so. Everyone, yes. including the yes. Broncos, constantly trying to replace him every year when he's clearly their best back is kind of mind-boggling mm-hmm. to me. But mm-hmm. I'm with anyway, you there. we digress. Um, yeah, so I think that the Broncos, again, they definitely got some talent, but I think they're the fourth best team in the AFC West. Yeah, man, the, the FC West getting good. Them yeah. and the, the NFC West and the NFC South are probably my favorite divisions from each. Yeah, I mean, it's a good division, no question. But, I mean, is Paxton Lynch going to wake up and take this starting role? I mean, we're I don't getting know, away from man. draft we, stuff. But. <laughs> so many people loved Paxton Lynch coming out last year. And I like, yeah, I liked I did him too. too but um, I, th- I thought when Paxton Lynch took over, when they played the Bucks last year, I think he took over mm-hmm. mid-game. I said, to my, all right, I said to myself, and I think I, I might have tweeted this out yet, I said, Paxton Lynch is going to start every game the rest of the season. Like, this is it. Like, this is his time. This was right. his moment to step in, take the starting job. Because it was that, it was a couple weeks into the season at that point, and he just didn't. Right. Like, he just didn't look good, didn't look confident. And when you're a big-arm quarterback and you're not playing with confidence, you're useless, you know? Right. <laughs> you, you, have to, you have to be able to really – like I said, like take yeah. the opportunity by the horns if you got a big arm as a quarterback. So uh, it didn't happen in year one. So yeah, and you know this regime is not tied to Paxton Lynch. So if he does not show dedication and work ethic and you know the, the desire to get in here consistently, um, and, and I don't, I don't know. It's gonna his his career is at that crossroads already. I think to be honest, based on what we've heard about how he's dedicated himself, 
this offseason. You know, I just think that I don't know how much patience Vance Joseph's going to have for someone like that um, who isn't who isn't dedicated and driven in his craft, and, and rightfully so. So I think the talent is still there, just like I believed it was with Paxton Lynch. I'm not worried about that. And I know we veered off the draft completely here, but <laughs> we're on 2016 draft now. We're, we're retracing <laughs> our steps. Um, but, yeah, I think that there's a lot of questions in Denver, and I just think if I had to pick today, I would pick them to finish fourth in this division. Wow. Not a bad team, but yeah, good division, and I think they're the worst team in it. So there you go. There's your hot take Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? It is Tuesday. Yeah, I said that at the beginning. Uh, <laughs> still recovering from the draft, folks. I'm going to use that excuse all year. But uh, <laughs> as always, thank you guys so much. We got two more of these wrapping up teams. We got a Fan Friday coming up, and then we got new content rolling out. We're talking about – Next year's draft, we're talking about some of the offseason stuff that we'll, we'll want to talk about. We'll talk about how some of the rookies are performing in minicamp, some of the things we've heard. We'll touch on news bits, things like that. As always, we really appreciate you guys listening and keep it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft.